Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Edward October, and this is A Nefarious Nightmare. This podcast contains foul language and discussions of violence. Additional trigger warnings will be posted as needed in the show notes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, Courtney again. This week in lieu of our normal episode, we're going to do two feature drops of some fellow podcasters that we love from our network. For today's feature drop, we are introducing Live Laugh Larceny, formerly Seriously Sinister. Trevin and Amanda do a fantastic job discussing lighter and less murdery type of crimes such as scams and petty crimes in a super serious and dramatic fashion. I never fail to crack up when I'm listening because who would have thought that something like a wardrobe malfunction would lead to intense dramatization? Anyway, this podcast is amazing and I feel like this will be all right up all of your alley because we all need a break from the super serious at times. I personally love them because it's a humorous type of irony and these are actual crimes. You can find Live Laugh Larceny on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. Thank you, Trevin and Amanda, for giving us this episode to drop on our feed. Anyway, please enjoy. Live Laugh Larceny discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or could be easy listening to all you psychopaths out there. All stories are based on actual events. Eh, but details may vary. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Live Laugh Larceny. If resting bitch face had a podcast, <laughs> this is Trevin. And I'm Amanda. I love resting bitch faces. I do too. I love them on children. I just think that's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, on cats, children. <laughs> cats too. It can be really endearing with women too, as long as they're not too scary. Ooh, yeah, that's an iffy one for me, but I hear you. Yeah. So what is your dreadful dilemma today, Trevin? So... As I foreshadowed last week, 
I could not see Nope because I had to go see <laughs> John Mulaney live. Right. Which, not complaining, was really happy with the show. It was a great show. I love John Mulaney. But it's kind of like the last stand-up show I went. Last time I was just enamored with the crowd and all the people. Mm-hmm. This time I had two weirdos sitting behind me who had the most annoying laugh. Oh, God. Worse than mine? <clears throat> I'm going to try to do it, it for you here. <clears throat> okay. I'm ready. Okay. So I compare her to a blender. Oh, my God. I make smoothies every day. Yeah. I make them quite often. Okay. So you know when you don't have quite enough liquid in your smoothie and it's almost like it catches and just goes, mm-hmm. and you lose it and you have to add more liquid because it stops blending mm-hmm. altogether. I don't understand how the science of that works. But anyway... And sometimes you'll be blending it and you can hear it kind of getting close to it. And you're like, oh, just finish your job. I don't want to have to add liquid. Okay. So her laugh (laughs) kind of would have a catch like that. A lot of times she's like, ha, 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 ha. And that's how she would laugh. But if (laughs) you're kidding me, if it caught kind of like the blender would catch, she goes, uh, like it would, (laughs) it would like quickly, once she crosses that threshold, it would catch and then go up. And then it would just be way more frequently. So, uh, and oh my god, that sounds like a combination of like a goat and a yodeler. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Emily was comparing her to the goats a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> With something funny would be happening, and then she would hit that uh, part, and we would all just look at each other like, "Good God, this woman again!" Oh no! So she kind of like killed the vibes. She kind of killed the vibes. <laughs> I know there's a stand-up comedian that made a joke about it, and I don't want to be one of those people where it's like oh, you have a funny laugh. That means you laugh at people when they're feeling joy. And it's like, I don't want to be like, I hate that you're happy person. (laughs) I'll be that person. I will be that person with you. There's been a few laughs that I've heard in my life that I've definitely judged and I feel okay about it. Yeah, it felt... No, I'm totally with you. There are... I love seeing people be happy. Yeah. But there's just something about this that felt forcibly obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, a blender and a goat and a yodeler, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the blend, blender goat <laughs> yodeler. Yeah, it's just... It was, That's awful. It was insane. But then the weird thing is, too, she left like 20 minutes early from the show, so she didn't even catch the last bit of the show. Her and her boyfriend both had very similar laughs, too, which was weird. Oh. But she was the one I heard the most. I was going to ask. Maybe he felt embarrassed and was like, <laughs> let's get out of here. But if he has a bad laugh, too, then good God. Yeah, it felt like they're on their own little cloud. They're just in their own place and did not care about wow. what other people were doing. But yeah, they left early and maybe they're one of those people that, hey, we got to beat the traffic. But that's a little excessive at that point because you missed out on you know the whole closing thing huh that is so damn dreadful (laughs) i'm so sorry yeah it was right in our ears too they were right behind me god that's the worst Ugh, annoying laughs i recently was listening to a podcast that you recommended to me behind the bastards and they were talking about um jeff bezos laugh Mm -hmm. and they played it and like it kind of sounds like a robot trying to be human, you know? Makes sense for him. Um, And it was kind of like maniacal, but really forced. It was weird. Laughs are so weird. And I know I shouldn't talk, okay? I know we've had a few listeners who've said my laugh is endearing, but don't get it twisted. I know that it can be a little obnoxious, <laughs> depending which laugh it is. With you, I'd just like to think that you have so much joy inside you that you just have to let it out, <laughs> but with a lot of force. Yeah. I know. I can't help it. I giggle at everything. I've said this time and time again, but my brother's always like, why do you laugh at everything? I'm like, I can't help it. Mm -hmm. It just comes out, okay? 
Yeah, Emily said that I laugh like I have shame about laughing, which is pretty Honestly, similar. that seems pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, she said you laugh like you have a lot of shame about laughing. Just like when you smile, you act like you're very ashamed of smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, that's about right. It is kind of because whenever I can get a good laugh out of you, like a really, in your definition of like a powerful laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you're fighting it in a way. Yeah. But it still comes out. It's still a nice laugh, Trevin. Just uh-huh. let it out. I have a nice laugh. You do. It's not disrespectful. <laughs> it's yeah. not too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I have a dreadful dilemma. I actually had a whole list of dilemmas, and I didn't know which one I was going to choose. Mm-hmm. But then today... <laughs> uh, I had a feeling way, I knew where this was going. Yes, on my way to record... I got a damn speeding ticket. Womp womp. Oh, guys, I have such a speeding problem. Like, I don't do it as much when I have the kids, like maybe five over whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it's just me, I don't want to be in the car with just myself. You know, I want to get from point A to point B and I want to do it efficiently. And I forgot I needed to get gas before I came over. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to make up for that time. And then it took more time because then I had to deal with the police guy. And he was (laughs) (laughs) and he was he was nice. Okay, don't get me wrong. But I mean, you know how sometimes they like give you an opportunity like, where are you going? Why are you in such a hurry? I hate that shit. Do you? Yes. Because sometimes I feel like you can use that to your advantage, right? You're like, I'm going to a Blue Lives Matter concert. (laughs) (laughs) Please love me. Oh, my God. I was going to say, because he saw the car seats of my car, I could have been like, oh, I'm just trying to pick up my kids and I don't want to be late and I don't want to disappoint them, (laughs) which I don't know if I actually would have used that. I thought about it afterwards when he didn't ask me where I was going, Mm -hmm. you know, that would probably sound, I don't know, a little more understandable than I'm going to record my podcast. He'd be like, what's a podcast? You know, I just think it's kind of nosy sometimes. And it really weirds me out when you get the question. I, I don't like I get it if it's like two in the morning and they're like, oh, where are you heading to? Like, yeah. what nefarious deeds are you up to? That but, just sounds judgmental when they ask in the middle of the night. It's well, like, if, unless they think you're on your way to commit a petty crime. Right. <laughs> but, I'm like, don't mess with me and my booty call. Obviously, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but when I was younger, it's like, don't come for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to know where I'm going. But now I like the opportunity to tell them because it's usually kind of important. <laughs> You're like, somebody actually cares about what I've got going yeah. on. I just want to <laughs> tell them. Yeah. Blue lives matter. I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so those are both dreadful. They are. Also, I am a little sick. Again, I know I've said this a million times. If I sound kind of nasally today, just love me anyway. Yeah, I love you anyway. I get sick and I don't know why. I don't know if my immune system is just like over me or what it is, but here Mm -hmm. we are. Here we are and love us as we are. (laughs) So we're going to do top five this week. And And it's your day. I'm first. Yes. (laughs) So, Trevin. Yes. As I told you before we recorded, I think that you may like my top five. Okay. So, this list was curated using data from the website where'sthejump.com. So, 
There actually are more than five on this list, technically, because I have a couple of ties, if that makes sense. Okay. So my top five will be the movies with the most jump scares. Oh, this is a good one. I know. I was like, I think Trevin will like this. So do you have any guesses before I tell you? Uh, I'm going to say Sinister, Insidious, uh, The Ring probably, and I'll say The Grudge. Okay, you got two of them. That's better um, than usual. They might be on the list, but they're just not the top five. So I'm going to start with number five, which there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them that are tied for number five. So I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. Okay. But all of the number fives have 23 jump scares in them. God, that is a lot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's number five. So yeah, it gets kind of wild. So the ties for number five are Drag Me to Hell. Okay. It, chapter one, the mm, one that's from a good one. 2017. Yeah, there's so. a lot of jump scares in that. Host. Have you heard of that? It came out in 2020. I've heard of it, but I have not watched it. Okay. The Grudge. Uh-huh. It, chapter two. Yeah, what is with it? Like It's got a very specific formula, and it's just a bunch of small little sections put together. It's, okay. I'm not hating on it, but it's... Yeah, it has, it has sure. a plan in mind. Yeah. Um, and then the last two are Annabelle Creation and Scream 3. Scream 3, really? Yeah. Oh. It ha- All of those have 23 jump scares. Now. I need to watch that one again. Number four on the list has 24 jump scares, and that is Insidious. Aha. So you got that one too. Yeah, because it had some really random ones. I was like, that's a weird spot for a jump scare, <laughs> but okay. I haven't seen that movie. It would probably scare me. You would. We could make that one of our Patreon movies at some point. Okay. Okay. I liked it. So number three is The Haunting in Connecticut. It has 26 jump scares. That's a very, like a teen kind of horror movie. So yeah, that was at the time where jump scares were huge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That came out in 2009. For number two, there's two of them that are tied and they both have 27 jump scares. Evil Dead 2. From the same director as Drag Me to Hell. That came out in 1987. So have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then The Messengers. Messengers. It came out in 2007. I think that was one of those more kind of like PG-13 teen type horror movies too. I don't remember it very well, but I know I've seen it. Okay. Are you ready for number one? Oh boy. I'm really curious. With 32 jump scares. Number one is The Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. Oh, I've never seen that one. It came out in 2013, and apparently it has excessive jump scares. <laughs> and it probably isn't very good. I know. I'm like, geez, I can handle a couple jump scares. Like, they keep me on my toes, but that mm-hmm. many? Okay, so I got to do something. So you said, how many was it? Is it 32. Okay, so let's say it was a 90-minute movie, which I'm sure it's not. Probably a little longer. That's two point... Now I'm too dumb to think of how that math even makes sense. <laughs> math. Learn it, Trevin. Oh, so that would be a, what, like a jump scare every almost three minutes? Ew. I hate that. Which most likely it's all compacted into like big jumpy sections, but... Yeah, what are they doing? Like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> like back-to-back jumps? It was a beautiful day. And then, no, it wasn't... <laughs> Maybe they don't have any, like, nice moments at all. Yeah, very on-edge, whiplashy type movie. Wow. Well, that is great, and now it has me wanting to rewatch a couple, and 
maybe on a very bored night, watch the second Haunting of Connecticut. Maybe I'll do it while I'm editing one night. Yeah, I'm curious if it's even a good movie. I don't know. I bet it's not. I'm not <laughs> I wasn't even a huge fan of the first one. It had a 19% on the tomato meter and a 44% on the audience score. Ooh, even the audience didn't like it. Usually, yeah. usually if the critics don't, the audience still, they find people that do. Right. Nobody likes it. That was probably straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mine is a little more real worldly, I suppose. Okay. First, I must ask, have you ever broken a bone? Actually, no. Oh, don't jinx me. Gosh. I've never broken one either. I feel like maybe I broke my toe once, but I don't really what, know. What? Did you drop a jar of peanut butter on it or something? I think I stubbed it. Oh. Really wow. hard on something. I don't remember. I was really prone to toe stubbings as a kid. I guess, I mean, does teeth count as bones? Because you broke those bad boys out of your mouth. Ugh. And so did I. But Whoops. yeah, that's the only thing is my wisdom teeth. I've never broken a bone. Mm-hmm. I've messed up uh, part of my foot. What was that? That was my. I tore my plantar fascia, but that wasn't a wasn't okay, uh, Doctor Trevin. <laughs> that is a fancy word. Thank you. It was not a bone, though. So oh, okay. I'm gonna do the top five worst bones to break. Ooh, God. That's fun, right? Can I guess a couple? Yeah. Okay, I would guess. I mean, does it count? Can I just say neck? If you break your neck, does that count? I don't know. I would say neck. I would say leg. I would say hips. I would say ribs. I don't know how many I just said. Was that four or five? I don't know. I think you said four. And I will say ankle. Okay. You basically got three-ish, kind of. They're kind of specific, so that's why you may not be perfect here. Okay. I I can handle that. So I'm coming from movementortho.com. It's movementortho. I don't know. That's a really weird website, but okay. Yeah, I like their list, but I'm not sure how I feel (laughs) about their website name. Number five is the hip. Mm. Hip fractures are the worst for the elderly. The broken hip bone may need to be replaced, which requires major surgery. Also, recovery is long. The long period of inactivity can lead to blood clots, muscle weakness, and other post-surgical complications. For elderly patients who have bone disease, hip fractures are potentially life-threatening. Ooh. Yeah, you do hear that a lot with older people. Yeah. And one of our good friends, he was born with arthritis and he's had to get his hips replaced. And yeah, it's like a real thing. Yeah, that would be so rough, especially young. Number four is the wrist. The wrist consists of 13 bones. A break in one of the bones can affect hand function. It is a bad fracture to have because the hands are widely used every day, obviously. Mm. If poorly treated, wrist fractures can lead to long-term consequences, such as early osteoarthritis, nerve damage, and decreased grip strength and range of motion. Okay, that makes sense. Number three is the skull. Oh, snap. I didn't even think about putting that in there. Yeah, just the the (laughs) straight-up head. Got a broken head. The skull protects the brain, which makes skull fractures very risky, as the underlying structures may be affected. Patients with head injuries can develop intracranial lesions. Mild breaks may cause minimal trouble, but severe skull fractures can lead to infection, brain damage, cerebral spinal fluid leak, hematoma, and seizures. Mm. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, and honestly, the whole time I was reading this list, I was thinking of having somebody stand on my head, and it was just like, (laughs) I can't finish this list. (laughs) Number two would be the spine, which this is where we can kind of make the argument that you kind of said neck, so I guess maybe. Mm, Okay. Spoiler alert, 
Nick is not in here, so. Oh, huh. You just always see in movies how people are like, yeah, and they just like crack your neck, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I don't know. I guess people in the chiropractic industry do it all the time and it's fine. Oh, my chiropractor whips mine around and it's always hard for me to just trust him because he's like, just don't tense up, don't tense up. And he's like, Waka! oh, God, but you haven't died yet. Yeah, I can still walk <laughs> after it. The spinal column protects spinal cord. Should a vertebral fracture occur, it can compress the nerves that are found throughout the spine. Depending on the location of the fracture, a spine fracture can affect motor and sensory function. Compression fractures can lead to severe pain and loss of height and disability. Mm. Nerve damage can lead to problems with bladder and bowel control. Ooh, I didn't know the spine could do that. Yeah, it makes you go back to being a baby. You get smaller and you start pooping yourself. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And then number one is the femur. Okay. Which you said leg. Yeah. The femur still counts. Yeah, still counts. And I, I would take it as well. Just like that one time when you said like snake or something and it was like a python or whatever. Yeah. The femur is the only bone in the thigh and is the longest and strongest of all bones in the body. Ooh. A femur fracture that's not due to a traumatic incident may indicate osteoporosis or bone cancer. If it breaks, it can be potentially life-threatening. A break in the femur bone can lead to severe bleeding and complications, including blood clot formation in the thigh veins. I mean, yeah, I could see that being really dangerous since it is the biggest and strongest bone. Yeah, it's one of those things that, I mean, and it's probably for good reason. They're probably strong as hell, but I don't know anybody that's ever broke a femur. I mean, just think about that big, meaty mother just getting broke. Like, what would you have to do to break that? Probably a car wreck. Ugh, awful. Even when you see people, like soccer players or people who land on their legs wrong, it's always anything below the knee that catches yeah, because it's up. the more wobbly, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you got little giraffe legs and it's like, oh, yeah. God. Anyway, <laughs> it's on to stories now. Story time. And I'm really excited about mine because it is a local to us story that I found oh, in the news. Forgot you told me you had a local one. Yes, it's from Kansas City, Missouri. That's where Trevin and I both live. And it was actually sent to me by my dad. What up, Papa Dennis? So yeah, shout out to my dad, Dennis, for sending this in to me. Also, this is, I believe it's the second one in a row that I've had where they didn't identify the criminal's name. So I was able to have some fun with this again. Oh, I love doing that. (laughs) So here we go. Pictures. It's a word I personally know well. As a photographer, I've seen just how much one picture can do. Along with the common weddings, Christmas cards, and senior photos, I've also captured precious moments in time that can never be duplicated. I once had an old man tell me that the picture I was about to take of him would be his obituary photo. He hiked up his unsteady leg onto a chair and leaned over it, resting his arm on top. He then said, This will be the photo used at my funeral, so make me look good. It's during times like this that really make me think of all the important work I've done in the world, and just how special photography can be. The story I'm covering today is about a petty criminal who loved taking pictures, and the trouble it got him in. 
Derek Snaps a Lot was a mysterious young man living in Kansas City, Missouri in the dreaded year of 2020. He was often described by others as the off-brand version of Ryan Gosling and used this description to pick up women. I'm like Ryan Gosling, but you can afford me. Even Derek's closest friends didn't know much about him. All they really knew was that he had a way with words, always craved the finer things in life, and took pictures of everything. Oh, look at that mailbox. A typical day for Derek began with him waking up and taking his daily selfie in bed. Cheese. For breakfast, he would heat up a toaster strudel and carefully paint a design on top with frosting. This was, of course, another picture-worthy moment. The middle of his day was always filled with activities curated specifically for pictures. He would casually stand in front of brick walls posing in a leather jacket and photobomb strangers to pretend he had more friends. Who's that hunk in our family photo? Every moment and meal had to be documented with a photo, or it never existed. Derek ended each day by scrolling through his photos and then taking a single dick pic. He wanted to have proof of his package in case he ever met a special lady in the future. Now that one's a keeper. One of the many mysteries about Derek was what he did for a profession. His friends always wondered how he could afford spending his days snapping photos without ever stepping foot into a place of business. Although a secret, the answer was simple. Derek had a thriving career in identity theft. It had been a while since Derek had stolen an identity, but he was starting to feel the urge again. Oh, I need it. Browsing through his social media feed, he noticed lots of people getting new vehicles. This just didn't sit right with Derek. If anyone deserved a new ride, it was him. He walked over to his filing cabinet and began thumbing through his folders of stolen identities. Hmm, too old, too young, too ugly. Ah, this is the one, Derek muttered to himself. He snatched up the folder and began skipping out of the house and into his busted used car. Derek drove over to Thoroughbred Ford with his fake identity at the ready. As soon as he pulled into the car lot, Swarms of salesmen surrounded him. You want to buy a car? How about a convertible? Bet you like this beauty. This truck screams big dick energy. Although there were many of them that made excellent pitches, Derek needed someone who he could fool. He scanned the group of cocky salesmen until he stopped on a young man standing quietly in the background. (laughs) You, Derek said, pointing at the inexperienced salesman. I've got money to spend, so let's get to it. Derek already knew the exact vehicle he wanted, a Ford Explorer with a price tag of $58,000. As the young salesman stuttered through the paperwork process, Derek's snaps-a-lot was no more. Instead, Derek went by the stolen identity of Maximilian Harrington III. He continued to distract the salesman with compliments and jokes to keep his questioning brief. Those pants really accentuate your thighs. As Derek signed the last document, the keys of the brand new Ford Explorer were placed in his hands. Derek was home free. But just as he was about to drive off into the sunset, 
the insecure salesman ran after Derek. Wait! He meekly screamed as he ran. I forgot to take your photo with your new vehicle. We do this for all of our best clients. Derek knew that documenting this crime was idiotic, but his love for posing for photographs outweighed his logical side. You've got spunk, kid, Derek said impressed. Now make sure you get my good side. A year later, the Kansas City Police Department posted this car lot photo on their social media accounts. They described the theft and asked for any information on the mysterious criminal. It was less than an hour after their post when the man was identified. However, the police didn't have to try very hard to detain him. He was already in police custody for other charges. Pictures, pictures, pictures. They are fun to take, especially when you get to brag about them afterwards. But if this story teaches us anything, it's that maybe we should reconsider taking certain photographs. Because ultimately, it may lead to the most grim portrait of your life. A mugshot. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think I could have gotten away with that crime. <laughs> I would have said no pictures. <laughs> Right. I know. So there was not a lot that I could find online. Like they didn't identify the guy, like his name. Mm -hmm. All that it really said was the kind of car he took, how much it cost, where it was. And there is the picture of him online. Okay. I was going to say, you've got to at least have the picture. Yes. Yes. But I don't know any of his backstory. So I had some fun. But the picture of him is... 2020. So we're talking mass mandate still here in Kansas City. He has a mask on. But when I look at the photo, he looks like the off brand of Ryan Gosling. Like, even though you can just see his eyes and his head and everything, I can almost like visualize his mouth without even looking. I'll have to show you the picture. Let me show you just real quick. Yeah, okay, I can see it. Like, if you gave Ryan Gosling really fakely looking dark hair. Yeah, yeah, he has darker hair, but it's like something about the eyes and... The forehead shape or Yeah, something. it's like the forehead, the eyes, the nose, the ears even, mm-hmm. kind of, but... The tight tush? <laughs> oh, wait, I can't see that. I'm just imagining my bad. It appears as though he has a chest hat. So maybe that's how they identified him, because I was like, dang, less than an hour while wearing a face mask? But he does kind of have a look that maybe people would recognize him by just the top of his head. Mm -hmm. But yeah, can you believe? I mean, I guess it's not petty theft because it was so much, but the fact that he was caught from posing proudly next to it, like, come on, dude, just be like, no, like they're not going to force anyone to take a picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's. Really given the evidence there. Really, I know. Really failed the E and pie there. And I wonder why it took a full year. Like, did it really take them a full year to even realize that it was a stolen identity, maybe? It makes me wonder if they put maybe 
the first bill in like collections. They went through collections forever, and then the identity used the person finally like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's oh, not okay. me. Okay, yeah. Then maybe by that be. point they finally got to it. I don't know. That's yeah. just a guess. Because they didn't post that photo like asking for help until like, it was 2020 summer, and then a year later the next summer. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. But isn't it funny? He probably, I guess, could have gotten away with it if they didn't have a photo of him. That's bizarre to me. Or if he would have done it in a city that he didn't live in. Right, right. It doesn't tell me what other charges he was in prison for. Every single article I read just said he was already detained for other charges. I'm like, why are you guys protecting all the juicy details of this guy? Like, I need to know. Mm -hmm. Probably arrested for being criminally handsome. (laughs) They're like, you're no Ryan Gosling, but you're close. Yeah. You're close, bud. So... (laughs) You really did take a picture of an old man that said it was going to be his obituary picture? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So for story purposes, I made it sound like that only happened once. I was told, Trevin, Mm -hmm. multiple times that phrase. Hey, this is probably going to be the last portrait I get taken. This is probably going to be my obituary photo. This is going to be in the funeral program for me. Like, I'm trying to think. If I had to guess, I've probably taken five people's obituary photos of older people okay so you heard it more than once did you ever come up with a clever or fun response to that (laughs) like oh i didn't realize i was speaking to a ghost (laughs) (laughs) i wish honestly no matter how many times you hear that it kind of just takes you by surprise yeah i wouldn't be able to handle it well yeah like oh you know and most of the time They're kind of having fun with it, like the old man, you know, putting his leg up like, okay, honey, make me look good, you know. Mm -hmm. But there were some people that were like, seriously, don't mess it up. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) Yeah, this is my legacy you're holding in your hands. Yeah, because I worked at, I've covered this in a previous story, but I used to work for Life Touch where we would go from like church to church and do directory photos. So Mm -hmm. that's why I photographed so many elderly people. I don't put on my website portraits for the elderly, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I just like so happened to run into that a lot at my job. Yeah, you're like, I offer obituary photos, but you have to pay up front. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was wild how many people would say that to me. I loved the people that were funny about it Mm -hmm. because obviously I didn't feel like, you know, they were going to kill me you know before they died you know right if i ruined it but it was jarring every time someone said that yeah i think about that sometimes that is probably something that you know any photographer probably runs into sometimes yeah like i was thinking if i died today what would my obituary photo be or my like the thing that they put on the little uh the little stand next to your casket or whatever please don't die today Trevin. well i wouldn't have a good picture <laughs> Like, I've, like I, the I best to... picture and most recent picture I have is probably my picture in the glasses that we did for our show. <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. Like, You'd look like a dramatic author. Yeah. Which at the same time, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> but oh, my God. I don't have any professional looking photos. Like, if that's recent anyway, that's the best I've got. Well, Trevin, apparently I need to take some photos, some headshots of you. Well, you know we need to take photos anyway, so... <laughs> Oh, anyway. Anyway, well, that was a lovely story. I loved all the photograph stuff. And now I love thinking about anytime I meet somebody who's a photographer, I want to ask them, how many obit pictures have you taken? Oh, yeah. Come at me. Like, I would love to see if people can go above my five. I think Cassie from PNW is a photographer, too. Oh, my God. Ask her. her. You know I will. (laughs) I guess I'll go and tell a story next. Okay. Might as well. 
My story is a story from the news, and I think we'll just get into it. It's a fun one. I think this will be fun. Oh, fun? On our show? Yeah. Oh, God forbid. So buckle up. Okay. And here we go. Assumptions are a very dangerous thing. Essentially, leaving matters solely up to chance, you surrender all control in the given situation. This may be okay when faced with an insignificant circumstance, but we can all agree that we've assumed at times where the stakes were much higher than we should have. Maybe you put the family dinner in the oven for 10 more minutes, set the timer, and then went out to check on the dog, assuming your husband would take it out when he hears the alarm going off. You come back a short time later to the house full of smoke, a constant beeping going on, and your husband is still where you left him, on the couch playing Mario in his underwear. After you rush around to save what's left of the black charred chicken, you ask your husband why he didn't do anything. He pauses his game, raises his head slowly, and says, Huh? Oh, I thought I heard something. This is the moment that you realize the error of your ways. Not only did your assumption about your husband's actions ruin your dinner, but if you would have been gone any longer, you could have accidentally burned the entire house down with your husband inside. Hey honey, I can't see the TV through this flame. Oh my god! Assumptions have consequences. Maybe you assume a lady is pregnant and walk away nursing a sore cheek. Or you presume that the restaurant's chef knows that you're allergic to shellfish when ordering the seafood salad. It is vital that we ask questions and give directions in moments of high importance. If we continue to assume that others will assume what we want them to assume, then we are stacking the odds against ourselves and just asking for trouble. I think he was that salad. For me, I have a fun little mental illness where I think that everyone is upset with me. Maybe I said the wrong thing 12 years ago, and I'm still remembering that. Did that person's response to what I just said seem a bit hostile or half-hearted? Damn. It must be because of the time I told them I didn't like their grandma's corned beef casserole. How dare you? This will allow me to always carry a small bit of guilt in my back pocket for a rainy day. It can be a bit exhausting having to make up for past sins that are left frozen in time. But a little guilt is healthy, right? Right? Tell me I'm normal. The account that I will be going into today is another tale of assumptions and the many consequences that follow. And although the saying goes, never assume it makes an ass out of you and me, we will soon find out that sometimes it just makes an ass out of you. Our story follows Constable Sharanjit Maharu patrolling the streets of Calgary, Canada. After moving away from India to follow his lifelong dream of being a police officer, the constable devoted his life to keeping Calgary safe. Already equipped with a gun and other weapons of self-defense, Sharanjit had a couple secret weapons that not everyone on the force possessed. A keen intellect and a can-do attitude. I've got this. Shiranjit was a super cop in the making. Much like any other job, the worker with the willingness to put in the effort did the better job. An overachiever at heart, 
There was nothing he wasn't willing to do to make sure justice was upheld. He was like Robocop, but instead of bulletproof armor and a plethora of weapons, he had common sense. Scanning the streets for evildoers, Sharonjit received a call over his police intercom. Calling all cars, calling all cars. We've got reports of a burglary on the east block of Butthole Road. Do you copy? This sounded like a job for someone with unmatched police skills. The constable picked up his radio and responded back. You can send all the other patrolmen out for an early lunch. I've got this one. Arriving at the apartment on the east block of Butthole Road, the constable could already see the broken window. He walked slowly up to the front door and knocked. The front door immediately swung open as the woman behind it let out an unintelligible scream. The hysterical women let Shiranjit in and showed him around. So here's the foyer. Here is a picture of my dog and I with the Easter Bunny. And here is where all of my jewelry used to be. The constable gasped. There on the wall was an awkward blank spot where you could tell jewelry and expensive belongings once sat. For Shiranjit, the most offensive thing was how bad the missing items threw off the room's feng shui, not the crime itself. For a man of his genius perception, the crime was as cut and dry as they come. You see these muddy footprints that seem to have stopped right by where your belongings used to be? The constable asked. Well... I have reason to believe that those footprints were made by the thief. He then began walking and following the footsteps back to the broken window. Ha ha! He shouted, just as I suspected. Another clue that supports my theory. I believe your burglar entered your home through the broken window. That would explain why the trail of footprints went to where your jewelry once resided. I wondered how those got there, the woman cried. The constable then pulled out his handy-dandy notebook that he kept in his breast pocket. I know what the crime is that occurred, the constable said to himself. Now I just have to look for clues as to who committed this vile act. The woman stood at the edge of the room as the constable dropped to his knees and inspected the footprints. Hmm. Still crying to herself, she watched the officer get intimate with his crime scene. Oh, you're a dirty little footprint, aren't you? Over time, he began to get stumped. There just wasn't enough clues to give away the identity of this thief. As the constable began to bag samples of the mud from the shoe prints, he heard a phone ring. Oh, it's my dad. Do you mind if I take this while you're working? The woman asked. The constable gave an approving nod, while trying not to break out of his detection mode trance. Bonjour, the woman said while answering her phone. She then went on, continuing to speak in French. As this was Canada, there was nothing out of the ordinary for this type of conversation. The father's chosen language must be French, and that is just how they spoke to each other. As I, your humble narrator, does speak flawless French, I will choose not to come off as condescending to you listeners, and I will translate how I assume the conversation went that the constable heard. Bonjour. Hello. Baguette? Oh, hi, Dad. Guess what? Voila. I faked an enormous robbery. Pardon. Yeah, the constable's here right now. Parlez-vous? No, it's fine. He's Indian or something. He doesn't speak French. My boyfriend and I broke a window and even made bad guy footprints with mud using some of his old shoes. Oui, oui. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. I'll see you at dinner later. Moulin Rouge. Once the insurance claims come through with this, 
I'll have to buy you dinner next. Bon voyage. Bye. Ciao. The woman hung up her phone and then apologized to the constable. Sorry about that, she apologized. My dad just got a toaster and wanted to check in. You know how dads can be. The constable got up off the ground, put his handy-dandy notebook back in his pocket, and said two words that cut like a knife. Merci beaucoup. The woman stared at him blankly. I, I know how to speak French. The woman dropped her phone as she gasped in horror. He knew the entire time that she wasn't talking about toasters. In June of 2010, Constable Shiranjit Maharu arrived at a breaking and entering call in Calgary, Canada. While inspecting the scene, equipped with a broken window and muddy footprints, he was then interrupted by the victim taking a call from her dad. During the call, the woman completely confessed to staging the burglary in order to get insurance money. After the woman hung up the phone, the officer said, Merci beaucoup, which means beg for mercy in French. She was then arrested for mischief. Constable Maharu later said in an interview, she didn't expect a brown guy to speak French. Not only does he speak French, but French is just one of the seven languages that the constable does speak, making him his fellow officer's go-to translator. So let's go ahead and add becoming a petty criminal to the list of possible outcomes for assuming things. There's nothing small or insignificant about assumptions and what they may lead to. Without any apparent thought process or conviction, assumptions are the mother of all failure. So do what I do. Go into every situation assuming you're going to fail or be hated. I guarantee you that you'll overcorrect and do a great job. Butthole Road? <laughs> eh? I made that one up. <laughs> okay. I, I figured. Was it just because they didn't say what road she was on? No, they didn't say what road. You just had some fun with that? Yeah, I felt like they had to tell him where to go, so I had to give a location. Oh, that's so good. Wow. That's just so embarrassing. Yeah, what an idiot. Okay, the thing he said to her, too, what did you say? It was beg for mercy or yeah, something like that? Yeah, beg for mercy. Damn. If someone said that to me... I would just be frozen in time. Yeah. I'd be like, he he heard everything. Like, so many things would be going through my mind. I'd feel like such an idiot. Oh, God. Yeah, that was actually, and now uh, most of the phone conversation I did make up, but I will say that one quote that she did actually say was, I faked an enormous robbery. <laughs> was an actual, wow. <laughs> was actually one of the things that she had said in French. Damn. And it yeah. was about insurance money, yeah. That phone call really cracked me up. So knowing that she actually said that, I mean, it probably did go something like that. Because mm -hmm. if she said that little phrase, it's like, oh, hey, dad, how are you? Um, Yeah, I just staged an enormous robbery. Yeah, cop's actually here right now. Yeah. Good God. I wonder if the dad even at one point was just like, maybe you shouldn't talk about it, even if it is in another language. I know. I mean, like, I'm not very good at Spanish, but if somebody spoke Spanish in front of me, I would be able to pick out a couple key phrases and be like, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. But I can at least kind of pinpoint what the subject of their conversation is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think with French, I could maybe do the same thing too, because, you know, some things kind of sound similar to the other ones. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I think it's just a good rule of thumb to never assume someone can't speak a different language. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some people that you could be like, there is no way in hell they know how to speak a different language, but I still wouldn't test it. No. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard of people that I know that can speak a bunch of different languages that people will talk about them in the other one. They're like, yeah, I can hear you, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, just don't do it. Yeah, it's such a condescending kind of thing where you're just like, oh, I'm so smart and so good and they're so stupid. Yeah. I just assume they're dumb. Wow. Now, hers was more because of race. I think she just assumed that he didn't know it. But at the same time, that's another thing that really throws me off. They're in Canada. Yeah. The other language in Canada is French. There's yeah. so many French Canadians. Like, It would be very smart for a law enforcement officer to also know some French, just like it's really helpful for people around here or in America to know know some Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's honestly like just really ignorant to assume. It (laughs) really, really is. I think you did a really good job portraying that. But damn, I love that. I love that he was like, really? I got you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just picturing it the way you told him. Like, he's bending down, looking at these weird footprints that they left. And maybe they would have gotten caught eventually just because it was so silly the footprints was that a real part of it yeah oh my god that's so weird but the fact that she just straight up told on herself wow yeah yeah they broke their own window they took some shoes and made muddy footprints from the broken window took their own jewelry which i think they were just hiding i don't think they pawned it i think they wanted to keep their jewelry yeah and then they were just gonna wait and then get the insurance money and the feng shui. Oh, the feng shui. The feng shui. I just figured because this dude was so smart and knew everything, he probably knew a lot of oh, great yeah. decor ideas. He too. was a cultured, educated, smart man. Yes. Don't come for him. Oh, and I also, the reason why I did make him sound like a super cop, besides the fact that he knew seven languages, when I was Googling up the story, I did come across him being given some sort of an award and everybody was just like, this guy just goes above and beyond and tries so hard. So he really was top dog. They messed with the wrong guy. They <laughs> Let did. me tell you. Whoo! And the footprints. I wonder if there's pictures. I doubt it. But there I'm, wasn't that I remember. Okay, I'm like picturing perfect shoe prints, like in a line, mm-hmm. <laughs> like going straight for the window or whatever. Like some Scooby Doo type thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, people are so dumb sometimes. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about the show is seeing just how far. Like, I, you can have stupid ideas, but you know somebody actually seriously committed one of those stupid ideas committed to it yeah and even though we make up little things here there like the base of these crimes is so true as far-fetched as it sound like people are actually doing this stuff yeah butthole road's not the funny thing about this the funny (laughs) thing is that woman told on herself in french in front of him exactly exactly we never take away huge plot points no so i'm struggling with the connection a bit this one's kind of more of like a vague kind of generalized thing but I guess both of our characters were, in a way, pretending to be something that they weren't. You know, my guy was pretending to be an innocent guy just buying a car, when in reality, he was stealing it. And your person was trying to be an innocent victim who got her jewelry stolen, but she was actually the culprit. Like, Mm. they were both trying really hard to make themselves look like... Well, they're both kind of scam artists, too, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're both kind of scamming, trying to get money that they obviously (laughs) should not have been given. Yeah, and we both told scam stories 
stories before, but I don't know if we've ever had scam stories in the same episode together. Yeah, true. So I think we can get away with doing that one. Yeah, because they both have to do with theft and scamming yeah, and manipulating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dang, these scammers are out here. Oh, God. They're I, trying everything. I keep hearing more and more scammer stories. Like, it's getting wild out there. Mm-hmm. They're getting smarter. Wow. Well, that was a fun week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, we recorded today, Trevin. Hey, I'm glad too, you know, and I can tell that you were excited because you really sped your way here. Yes, I sped my way over <laughs> and I don't know if the speeding was worth it, but I'm here and I made it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you are here. And next time they better ask me where I'm going. Yeah, so you can promote the podcast. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm actually on my way. Uh, do you have Spotify on your phone? Live, laugh, larceny. Yeah, maybe you could tell your story. <laughs> oh, ah, my God. Bribe him a little bit. Oh, my God. Be like, oh, officer, I am sure you have just seen so many petty crimes. Yeah, I'd love to interview you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to get a good gauge on the guy. Like, does this person look like he knows what a podcast is? You know? Mm -hmm. Maybe. We'll see. Honestly, I hope I just don't get any more tickets because my husband would really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> well, anyways, everybody, no matter the crime, big or small, just remember, in the end, we are all doomed. Doomed and following the traffic laws as they are posted. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to our show. And if you're driving, make sure you're going the speed limit. Take it from me. And if you have an absolutely hideous laugh, please just use the LOL and talk to us on social media with it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Live Laugh Larceny Podcast. And if you have ever told on yourself in a different language, send us your petty crime stories to livelaughlarceny at gmail.com or on any of our social media accounts. And use your own identity and steal multiple other identities to give us good reviews on our Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Good Pods account. Oh, God forbid. So buckle up. Okay. And here we go. There's a reason why I don't create sound effects. <laughs> my, my click sound. Yeah, that sounded like a cymbal or something. Your seatbelt sounds like a little punch from a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ashley. And I'm Brooke. And we're the host of Teachers Who Talk Crime Podcast. Hey, Ashley, did you know that teachers have lives outside of school? They even have hobbies. What? Shocker alert. And it just so happens we are among those teachers. One of our hobbies was true crime, so we decided to make a podcast about it. But not just any true crime podcast. A true crime podcast about kids. That's right. The ones we teach every day. Each week, we focus on a case that involves student-age kids. We discuss what happened and where the educational system could have helped prevent these tragedies. But also, we share our own lives with you inside the classroom, and we tell our personal experience that we've had with some crazies. Mm, and that is yikes on tax on bikes. So see you every Monday and the occasional happy hour when a full moon is present. Listen to Teachers Talk Crime wherever you get your podcasts. So sit down, shut up. The murder is about to begin. <laughs>